Flavor Odyssey is brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars, and Smokin' Cigars, voted number one in selection and customer service. A Flavor Odyssey. And now from Cigar Dojo Studio Lot B, your hosts, Robbie Rass and Randy Griggs. Good evening and <laughs> welcome back to Flavor Odyssey. I am your host, Randy Griggs. I am going to be flying solo with the folks, uh, our good buddies back at Cigar Dojo Studios tonight, as Robbie Raz is going to be uh, working at the Giants Ballpark tonight. He was not able to join us for tonight's episode, but we are super excited to welcome everybody back as we continue the Odyssey through the bourbon cocktail segment of season four. Tonight, we will be pairing with the bourbon cocktail mint julep. And we are looking forward to hearing about everybody's pairings, what you guys are smoking out there. Let me start uh, right here in Colorado and ask... Eric, how you doing, and what are you smoking with the mint julep tonight? All right, folks, this is going to be a fun episode. As most people know, I am a huge mint julep fan. I love them. Uh, it's a drink that you shouldn't just drink. Like, a lot of people just drink this drink during the Kentucky Derby. No. Come on. You should drink this drink all summer long. It's so good. And, yeah, summer's winding down, but it's still warm. And this is a perfect drink tonight. I'm excited. Uh, Randy, I'm going... And I'll explain why I picked this cigar, but um, I'm going with the Aladino, just the regular Aladino, not the um, special Reserva or anything, just the basic Aladino. It's a Toro, and I have a feeling, I have a feeling based on some prior knowledge that this is going to be a really, really good pairing. Jordan, what have you got going tonight? Oh, man, you said drink so many times in that. Drinky drink. Drink the, I'm gonna drink that drink. This is drink, 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 drink. I also have a mint julep, believe it or not. Um, I think it's made up to up to par on the ingredients list. And I last minute went uh, numero uno. Oh, Hoya de Hoya what de did you Nicaragua. Go? I wasn't paying attention. Aladino. Yeah. Aladino. Yeah. Thought it'd be clean. Uh, you know, maybe pair off them citrus notes. Mm. Randy, what are you going to be smoking tonight? Yeah, no, I, uh, it, I I got started early this week. I even did the uh, live uh, here on Monday, and I already made the announcement that uh, <laughs> I was going to be smoking the um, Espinosa's Laranja Reserva Oscuro um, as I'm looking to get a pairing of mint and chocolate 
I, I talked a little bit on Monday that uh, when I was a kid, I used to love those Andes mints. You know, it was like, right. like a little sandwich situation with a little green mint layer in between the two chocolate layers. And so uh, I wanted to see if uh, if we could try and get to a point where uh, where I could have some memories of, of that flavor combination of the mint and chocolate. I... It's so funny that you're such a big fan of mint and julep, Eric. I've never had a mint julep my whole life. Really? So tonight, yeah. What? So tonight's the first time I've ever had a, a mint julep. Oh, dude. Uh, so it'll be interesting. You know, maybe you can kind of coach me on on, on some of the uh, elements of it that that uh, draws you to enjoy it so much. Uh, but before we get too far down the conversation about the pairings, please, uh, you know, if you're watching live there on Facebook, please hit share. Please hit like. Uh, go ahead and uh, let everybody know what a what a fun. Uh, program we have going on here, and see if they want to join for some pairings going you forward. You know, we, you know, we could really use following uh, along on oh, podcasts. Sorry. Yeah, uh, please give us a uh, a review, a like, uh, rate us. You know, one star, two stars, five stars, whatever you you feel like doing. You know, we like engagement. Um, feel free to email Eric uh, personally <laughs> and let him know if you don't like the show. If you do like the show, go ahead and email me. Um, uh. So that, that that's always fun. Yeah, Randy, uh, you bring up. I was just gonna. I interrupted you. I was gonna oh. say the same thing. Was it really does help if if you give us a if you're listening on on the podcast later, Spotify or iTunes or whatever iHeartRadio, give us a little thumbs up or five star rating, whatever the rating system is. Because believe it or not, all those algorithms play into this, and we want to make the show grow. Because if we make the show grow and more and more people watch every week, we can do more and more fun things as we go along so uh that really helps out a lot so thank you guys uh for doing that for us and without further ado it's time to get to get the show rocking and rolling randy now it's the whiskey yes. yeah. co- it's the whiskey cocktail or bourbon it's cocktail bourbon. segments right and when you guys yeah, when you guys thought of this communication <laughs> <laughs> that's okay whiskey bourbon i mean bourbon is a whiskey so um when you guys thought of this segment uh, just before you know you got started, uh, whiskey cocktails in your mind, and you were thinking, okay, I have to pair cigars with whiskey cocktails. You know what came to mind for you? I mean, it, whiskey is bourbon is a great pairing with cigars. So it seems like on paper this is going to be a really good four weeks. Yeah, no, you know, I'm I'm really glad that you asked that because. Um, it, it was very thoughtful of, of how we talked about it. You know, again, you know, as uh, anyone that's missed the, the, the opening of the season, talk a little bit about what we're doing with the challenge episodes here is that we're, you know, we're going to choose either a drink or a cigar that we're going to, you know, base all the pairings around. And so, you know, bourbon cocktails is this first one. The next one could be Nicaraguan uh, cigars. Um uh, we're going to do one on beer, I'm sure, at some point. But to your point, you, you know, I thought it was it would be fun to open up with bourbon because, you, you know, sometimes we take flack on how frequently we go back to the well and uh, and want to do a bourbon pairing. You know, we've, we mix it into a lot of wild cards. Um, and everyone always tends to agree that bourbon just is one of the greatest, uh, you know, liquid pairings with a cigar in general. But it occurred to me that we never really dive deeper than that. You know, it's it's so easy to just say, ah, bourbon just goes with cigars. And, and, you know, that's fine. It's a pretty generic statement that I think we all agree with. But I am certain that there's going to be some pairings that are 
good, some that are great, and some that are absolutely transcendent. And so I was thinking, you know, if we, if we did, um, you know, four episodes where we're all smoking different things uh, around these, I think that uh, we'll be able to draw greater conclusions about some of the elements, either in the bourbon, uh, as some of the um, cocktail other ingredient additives, uh, and then the different cigars that we all smoke. That, that we're going to find some sweet spots. We're going to find where, you know, there's going to be some learning here that we're going to know that, you know, maybe saltier or sweeter or richer cigars go even better with, with bourbon than just your standard general statement of, well, all cigars and bourbon go pretty well together. Right. Now, one of the things that we've added uh, this season to Flavor Odyssey is the ability for our audience to get involved, not only um, uh, to tell us, uh, in the chat or in the Facebook uh, comments, what you have decided to pair with your mint julep, but also to go ahead and vote as to what pairing that a like at the beginning of the show, like you know, Randy has said what he's smoking. He's smoking the Laranja Escuro. I'm smoking the Aladino. Jordan is smoking the uh, Hoya de Nicaragua Numero Uno. So like initially, like right off the top of your head, just based on what maybe you know about those cigars, which pairing do you think? Uh, is a better choice, but as the show goes on, you can change your vote based on how we're describing it and 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 that kind of thing. And here's the thing: this is not just a popularity contest. We're not going to try to. If my pairing isn't great, I'm not going to try to convince you just to vote for my pairing, just to vote for my pairing. I'm going to be honest with you, and so is Randy, and so is Jordan, as to how this pairing really really goes. And so maybe you know, as the show goes on, you can. You know, alter your vote if you decide, hey, you know what? With the way Randy's describing his pairing does seem to make a little bit more sense than the way Sensei is describing his pairing or whatever. You can change your vote. And at the end of the show, you know, hopefully we will have a, a good audience consensus as to, uh, you know, who sort of like uh, either A, uh, just by chance got lucky and made the better pairing or or who thought it through better. And, and came up with a better pairing. So, Jordan, should we, should we get the voting started now uh, as far as uh, what people think, at least at this stage of the show, which we haven't said anything about our pairings yet, but this stage of the show where you're voting, you're just voting based on, you know, early, these are the early returns, like uh, what you think maybe might be the best pairing. And then as the show goes on, feel free to change your vote, Randy. Poll is activated. Nice. Nice. Yeah, you know, as as you were, uh, you know, you you did a great explanation there of, um, of of what we're trying to accomplish with the with the audience engagement. Which again, you know, I'm, it's why we do this. You know, it's one of the things we always talked about with, with the show. Is like, uh, you know, this isn't trying to deliver on on something. We're trying to a couple guys being dudes, hanging guys out, being dudes. smoking guys cigars, being dudes. Dr- dr- uh, drink, drinking our drinks. Um, so we want people to just in, enjoy and interact and uh, behave as, as though you guys were right here in the garage with us. And as, as you can tell, I just pretend I'm in the garage uh, with Eric and Jordan. But, uh, uh, you know, but as you were kind of saying that, it came to mind also that because we, we kind of challenge the audience uh, at the same time as we're challenging each other, we're challenging the audience to, to bring to the table. You know, this is our fourth season. Hopefully, you know, everyone that's following along, you guys are picking up on on the cues, you know how to put together a pairing. You're, you're starting to figure out and have the vocabulary to do some pairings yourselves. Um, but, but you know, maybe, maybe you're inspired by your own pairing. And then you look at, at our pairings and you think, you know, 
maybe Eric's is the most similar to mine, and I'm loving mine, so that's why I'm voting for Eric. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I like the way you presented that. You, you know, whatever inspires you to think like that's that's the right way to go. And then if if you really care about the show and you really care about this community in general, and you'll just vote for Randy because you know, I mean, that's <laughs> you guys. The vote the early votes are coming in just based on what we're smoking. Interesting. And uh, we got a three way tie. Really? That's I don't know Ooh. if that's ever happened. It's before. Never happened in the two times we've done this. <laughs> I don't know if that's ever happened before. Now here's one Amazing. cool thing that we we don't totally coordinate on this. So like people like this is a little like inside baseball for you guys. We don't totally say like okay like uh, I'm doing a chocolate sort of you know pairing or whatever. So you do pick something different, but we do coordinate a little bit so that we have something different to bring. And I think that all three of our pairings tonight are going to prove at least at least that we've all sort of had a different take on this cocktail, Randy. Like. Jordan's pairing, I already kind of know where he was kind of going with that. I totally know where you're going, Randy. You already described a little bit uh, with your chocolate pairing, chocolate and mint. And then I'll talk a little bit about mine. And they're kind of three different reasons. And that's kind of the cool thing about pairings in general, Randy, is that there's no right answer per se, necessarily. Now, there can for sure be wrong answers. Uh, <laughs> we know that. But there's no ultimate right answer. Like, there are a lot of different ways you can attack a pairing. And we're going to talk about three different ways that we attack this pairing tonight on the show as we get into it. But, um, Randy, as far as pairing goes, you can have a really great pairing that's the opposite of some other guy's pairing. You just attacked it in a different way. And mentally, you said, hey, I want to I want to. I'm. I'm gonna attack this one flavor. I already know the flavor that you're attacking, Randy, because you already talked about it. And I'm gonna attack this flavor of this drink in a little bit of a different way. There's no real right way, right? Mm -hmm. No, no. That's a, it's a great point. And 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 not only can you come at it with different angles, um, you can find two completely different and yet equally, you know, great pairings. And, you know, I mean, just, just the way you said that, you, you know, I mean, just to like be very specific, you know, so often we we try and do a pairing that is either uh, complementary. So if you got chocolate notes in that, we're going to pair with chocolate. When we did chocolate uh, old fashions, we want the chocolatey cigar, you know, it was, it was a layup, if you will. Um, or if you want to you know, challenge yourself and do something a little bit more more contrasting characteristic, you can really try and do that. Um, you know, I think we did uh, a savory and a sweet uh, one at, at one time. This one, I, I went a totally different way. If you, if you listen to how I described it, I was very much trying to achieve a, a combined flavor. You know, I, I, I'm so I've actually set my I feel like I've done I don't want to say the riskiest thing, but I've set myself up. Um, to my parent, not not just did it go well, but I'm looking for that mint chocolate you know, Andy's experience. Right. And, uh, and we, like you said, we, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk through that. And obviously, you know, um, uh, I, I often like to say how chocolatey I find the La Ronja Escuro. Obviously, it's a much more complex cigar than just purely chocolate. So there's a lot of, a lot of other characteristics I'm already noticing that I, I didn't uh, think about that are, you know, being involved here. And they're, they're, uh, they're, they're playing off of some of the characteristics. Again, it's a new cocktail for me. Um, so I had never had this one. So there's there's always going to be some unexpected uh, you know wrinkles in these pairings. As much as we work to put them together on paper to be a certain thing, 
how often are we, uh, you know, surprised that that right. didn't come off nearly the way I thought it would, but I felt this way or that way about it. Guys, check this out. Bill yeah. Powers drinking two juleps, one with and one without bitters. Interesting, Ooh. Bill. Love okay. it. He's going with and without yeah. bitters. That's a good plan. Now, now, Jordan. Uh, I say you should add bitters to every cup. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we're, yeah, we're going to have to get an update from Bill in about 20 minutes or so. Get, get, get a read on uh, on what you're thinking, Bill. So put put some thought into how the the different juleps are, are affecting your pairing. We'll, we'll, we'll put your comment up if it's halfway uh, you know, logical. Re- yeah. <laughs> now, uh, now, Randy has already sort of stated how, why how he t- attacked this pairing. He attacked it from the mint and the chocolate. Uh, because he he likes that flavor combination, uh, like the Andes chocolate, which he described. Jordan, what made you choose the numero uno uh, based on the mint julep cocktail? What were you trying to achieve in this pairing? Well, first I I thought about attacking the mint aspect, but then I looked in my humidor and I realized that this is what I had in there. No, um, <laughs> I, uh, the the julep is, you know, it's refreshing, summery. Mm drink that uh, um, is uh, it's not as boozy as like what we were doing last week it's more this is more refreshing more and I wanted to latch on to that lemon sort of characteristic and um, the cigar seemed uh, I know the cigar is clean and I remember it having some sort of a citrus component to it and uh, take it from there so all right so Jordan went with the clean summary uh, uh, aspect Randy went with the chocolate and mint aspect uh, I took a different route entirely. Um, so julep, uh, julep sort of means a sweetness. Like that, that, that's what that whole idea of a julep is. A mint julep just happens to be a sweet uh, <laughs> mi- a drink with mint in it. So I don't, I don't see the mint julep. I don't see the mint, Randy, as like the big player. Like if this was an orchestra, it would be like bourbon, sweet, and then the and then the mint is just like ting. It's like somebody you know. It's like the triangle ting. Like it's just a little bit of an, a note at the end. So I didn't mess too much with the mint aspect of my pairing. So I decided that I would go salty. And so the Aladino uh, Corojo. So this is this is Corojo wrapper. This is Corojo binder. This is Corojo filler. It's a very salty cigar. So I wanted to go. I wanted to play with the salt and the sweetness of the drink. Think of this as, um, you know, uh, sweet and sour uh, sesame chicken or something. Like, I wanted to bounce off the salty and the sweet component. I wanted to balance off that sweetness of the drink with the saltiness of the Aladino. So that, that was my hope, and we're going to find out if that was successful or not. We'll see how it goes as the show progresses. Well, uh, two things I want to make comment about uh, your pairing, actually, Eric, is uh, when I when I think sweet and salty, uh, I think um, salted caramel mm-hmm. is, uh, yeah. is, right. is one of those classic, pretty well-known sweet and salty combinations that just work so well. You know, you hear it for the first time, and it doesn't seem right. But, uh, you know, again, you, you do get that contrasting saltiness that somehow – while it's a contrast, it also amplifies the sweetness of the caramel a little bit, and, and it makes the caramel a little bit punchier. And so, uh, so I'm I'm really intrigued to to see how yours comes out. And also, I think it's worth noting since you you mentioned that it's you know uh, so corojo heavy. 
um, that is specifically Honduran Corojo uh, in the Aladinos, which is known to be significantly less sweeter. You know, we talk so much about Corojo, um, you know, the Agnorsa Corojo that's, uh, that, you know, we're, we're smoking through Agnorsa leaf or Illusioni or Foundation. Uh, and uh, w wouldn't you say that's, that's pretty apt that the Honduran uh, has much less of that sweetness that we typically assign to Corojo because we're talking about Nicaraguan Corojo so frequently? Right. You know what's crazy, Andy? I'm just thinking back. And Jordan, I, you, I want you to comment on this as well. Is thinking back to when I first started smoking cigars, like way back, like when I kind of was like just trying to figure it all out. And I remember like Honduran cigars sort of seemed like, whoa, wait a minute, like Honduran cigars. Like they're like, you know, we've got, you know, Cubans, we've got Dominican, we've got Nicaraguan. And, and Honduran cigars, I hadn't really ever found one that I really, really liked that much. But, you know, now, you know, 12 years later or however long it's been, 10 years later since we've been smoking, like the, the Aladino, the, um, I can think of like the Camacho Diploma, um, oh, yeah. a few of these, some of the, uh, obviously some of the CLE stuff. Mm -hmm. Like now I've, I've really become a big fan of you know, Honduran, especially Honduran Corojo stuff, just no. based on that neat, that really cool sort of salty flavor. But, you know, way back, it, it, you know, you, you, your, your tastes change over time. Like, I think all of our tastes have probably changed over time. And well, this is one for me that's really changed a lot. Yeah, like, uh, it's one of those ones that you don't get into right off the bat because, you know, you get into cigars and you, you check out Dominicans and you check out Nicaraguans. And then you're like, uh, once I check those off the list, I want to see what these Cubans are all about. But Honduras is like an afterthought, sort of. And, uh, you know, I remember smoking a few of them and just, like, trying to get a grasp on what, what, what it's all about. And, I, and at, the, at the start, it just kind of seemed like, wh why? It's like just a knockoff Nicaraguan, you know, I'll just, I'll just smoke Nicaragua. Um, I remember thinking they were charry and, like, just like, overly earthy. But as you start, you know, the cigars you've already mentioned – I think it can be more better uh, boiled down to like a kind of a pretzel dough kind of a mm. component. Mm. Uh, that, that would be like what I would just generally describe Honduras as, and it kind of and now it's one of my favorites, and it kind of makes sense. Like um, in Nicaragua, Jalapan region is sort of become my favorite with the, the, the sweeter tendencies of that region, and Honduras is just a little bit north of there. Um, so yeah. now I'm kind of just gravitating towards you know Aladinos and. And the like. Don't you think, wouldn't you guys say, like, the whole JRE thing was a bit of a game changer? I mean, when they, I, when they came out I, with the Aladino, like, it made, it, that cigar, this cigar actually made me appreciate all Honduran cigars a little bit more. Like, I, all of a sudden, I was like, okay, I get it now. Now I want to chase that flavor, and now I'm finding it in, right. in other cigars, CLEs, Eroas. You know, obviously the Camacho stuff. Like I, I'm chasing this flavor more than I ever have, based on on what uh, these guys have done with Jerry Julio. Who's still? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. It's hard to say game changer because it's such a small brand that you know us, the you know the audience that's following along here are, are so in tune with the new brands, the boutique brands. Um, so I, I, I hesitate to, to agree game changer because I, I think it is still in, in a smaller, nichier um, uh, cigar smoker that is even aware of that brand. But I, I absolutely agree that um, 
it completely changed my outlook on Honduran cigar. And, you know, and we keep going back to those three in CLE, Jerry, and, and, and Camacho. Right. There's just not as many factories coming out of Honduras that you, ha that you have that namesake. And then on top of that, um, you know, I think Jerry leans into the Honduran tobacco. Right, and right, so, so you right. feel like you're smoking Honduran puros, even if they're not entirely um, made up of, they're primarily Honduran tobacco. And so you get a better sense of like, what is the Honduran element where, you know, with Camacho, obviously, you know, with their parentage um, of, of Davidoff, they, they're using a lot of the Dominican tobaccos. So you're not necessarily certain, even though they're factories in Honduras, how much of the tobacco and, and flavor profile is Honduran specifically. Um, and and th that to me is what I give uh, JRE credit for is is now, you know, you have these cigars that you can smoke and feel like, okay, this is what Honduran tobacco is about. Right, right. Yeah, now, uh, Randy, uh, we've sort of talked for a bit, and so you've had a, a little bit more of a chance, you know, before we're sort of like nearing halfway point. Um, give us a little bit of an update with the uh, Espinosa Escuro. Now, that's a really, really good chocolatey cigar. Yeah. And, and so chocolate has a sweetness to it, and... So does the drink obviously have a sweetness to it. Um, how are those two playing together at this point so far? Yeah, no, I actually, you know, it's funny because uh, we talk all the time about how those tastes affect each other. And I would say that I would normally um, say that there is a noticeable chocolate sweetness in this cigar because of the um, extreme sweetness in the julep because it is quite sweet. It doesn't come off that way so much because I think the the mint um, tempers that, and so you it doesn't you don't perceive as much sweetness as there. But I think it's enough just enough sweetness that it's muting the sweetness in the cigar, mm. and I'm getting more of a uh, of a co cocoa bean the cacao um, nib or or espresso kind kind of almost slightly acrid dark roasty character, um, and there's a little bit of an absence of the sweetness. Mm. Uh, and, and, and again, you know I, I've you guys know I do uh, uh, flavor exercises um, in, in pairings in the beer world. It's one of those things that um, that to, to train people uh, to understand the taste on their tongue, I'll often do a, uh, a spiked little thing of water with one tablespoon of, sh of sugar. And people taste that, and almost every time that's the one that's the one taste that nobody ever misses. It's like, okay, sweet, I got that. Then you go to the next cup, and it's two tablespoons of sweet of sugar. They say, "Oh, that's very sweet." Then you go back to that first one; doesn't taste sweet at all. Mm. So when you when you take your palate to an elevated sweetness, lower levels of sweetness no longer are perceived as sweet at all. And I think that's what I've got going here, mm. um, because uh, it's it's all very very good. You know, this isn't a, a knock on the pairing in any way, and I'll. I'll get more into the pairing, but but that's the first thing I'm really noticing is that the sweetness in the julep is totally subduing the sweetness in the cigar. Now, Randy, what you sort of just described to me uh, sort of seems like a microcosm of the beer industry and the cigar industry and maybe even the bourbon and whiskey industry in that that's why things evolve. Like, you know, like the cane doubly hero comes along, right? It's like doubly hero, right? And like people smoke that. And then now, you know, 10 years later, like triple, quadruple Lijero, cigars made entirely of Lijero. Like 
is that why we just continually like want to like you know IPA now double IPA triple IPA imperial all that is that why we just continually go that direction because once we've had that then our palate just wants like more of that and we can't stop moving up the ladder yeah no yeah absolutely you know, you know it's um, we talk about palate fatigue all the time in, in judging but it's really an acclimation of, of those flavors and so what was once strong um you you just become so accustomed to it and acclimated to that strength in flavor that yeah to, to really like activate those senses of this is a big bold flavor you you do just need to keep feeding that beast is insatiable it keeps driving you further and further which uh, and we've talked a little bit before you know especially when it comes to beer styles but to your point i think it can be said for uh, for cocktail industry for for the wine industry for the cigar industry especially we see these things as very secular where right. you can only go so far and and then you, you know you, you aren't your, your taste buds aren't excited anymore because it's like, hey, this is the strongest cigar right. available on the market. I smoke it every day, and it's meh at this point for, for flavor. And so you, you kind of have to reset sometimes. Right. And, uh, you, you, you know, th this was something that, that I, I went through very organically is I started with very, very strong cigars, and it took me pushing that. I didn't want I, – I thought, you know, Connecticut's were flavorless. And I just kept pushing bigger right. and bolder, more Maduro, a double Maduro, and I want a Maduro wrapper and a binder and some filler, and and, and just kept going. And then when I finally, like, took a breath and I came back and I smoked the Uno or a Perdomo Connecticut or, or or one of these Connecticut's, it's still got some, still got some beef to it, you know, the the not your your father's uh, uh, Connecticut, uh, you know, era that we're in. And now that was such a such a, such a tangent, such a flavor in a different direction that that became what activated my 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 salivary glands and my and my taste buds again, and it wasn't just going stronger and stronger, but just going different. Now Jordan, and when I revisited, then all of a sudden those ones that were middle of the road before all of a sudden seemed strong again. Yeah, Jordan, I, I Randy just what he was describing is so funny because we talk about this all the time in the studio, right, Jordan? How. There was a point when we we sort of like went back to Connecticut's because we had sort of I, I I don't know if our palate had sort of like reached its you know we had tasted all these crazy you know strong Maduros and strong cigars and then we sort of like circled back uh, to to you know I hate I hate that yeah, phrase I mean, but we circled back to Connecticut's circle back sake to over look here. to look for something else and then you start to appreciate maybe the more subtle flavors, and then you sort of start the whole journey again. You, you kind of have to. I mean, uh, hold on. Now, we got now, Scotty now, in the, in the, the audience I, here, Scotty. I felt like, because we did that. We were all talking about this, and we've talked about it before. But I almost think it was refreshing. Mm. It was one of those where we had gotten to the point where we were smoking just big, bold, heavy, strong cigars consistently that – Looping back and actually revisiting those Connecticut's. And, Trying to find you know, something else. And just those, yeah, just those, like, the natural wrappers. And it was a refreshing change to your palate. It's almost like it reset you. And I still now yeah. find myself, since we started doing that, where I'm more bouncing from one end of the spectrum to the other, depending upon what I'm doing. And it's almost opened up more of my cigar, I don't know what you want to say, like, just my profile. Right. Because mm -hmm. now I have that and I can, you know, I don't know. I can appreciate a Connecticut for what it is. Right. And 
because I've smoked those big, heavy, bold cigars, I can also appreciate those light. It's kind of like it's kind of Scott. Cigars. What you're saying is you kind of got to go to you got to go to the dark hit, side. You got to hit the limits. You got to hit the limit yeah, and then and come then you, back. Then come back, <laughs> yeah. and then you find it's almost like that pendulum aspect where you find that heavy, yeah. and then you come back to that right. light, and you just kind of sway back and forth, and you play with that, and it's it's so much more fun because there's so much. That, you know, the guys and the women that only smoke one style or one, you know, type of cigar, I feel like you're missing out. Now, Randy, do you find that the same sort of stuff that Scott was just describing, do you find the same? You're in the beer world heavily. Like, I mean, you you do everything that there is to do in the beer world. Speak, you know, at conventions and all that kind of stuff. Do you find that this is the same kind of stuff that people go through in the beer world? Like, is, is, there, a, is there a parallel? Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I, th- I think there is. I think it's actually um, maybe a little bit slower in beer. Uh, and, and, and we've talked to you before about the differences in consumption of, of craft beer versus cigars. And because of the, the frequency and the volume uh, difference, you know, most cigar smokers aren't, you know, knocking back three to six a day. I know cast crew and several people out there are going to correct me that they do. But, but with beer, you're, you're typically, it's, it's a more frequent occasion. It's a more frequent, um, uh, experience. And so it, it almost seems counterintuitive that the more you do it, you would think that that acclimation would happen faster. I would argue that it actually happens a little bit slower mm. where people are, are, are going through those um, phases of being all hop forward or being all lager forward or, or, or malt forward um, l- tend to last a little bit longer. But but I w- and, and welcome to the uh, to the uh, uh, show there, Scott. Nice to see you guys. Um, but uh, but something I felt like you were about to touch on, Eric. Um, you, you said after you going back to the Connecticut, you learn to appreciate certain flavors, and that's definitely something that I would say that I've gone through. Again, for me, you know, I didn't know that this was going to happen. It just kind of happened organically that I went dark, then I went light, and and I kind of forced myself to understand what you guys were referring to when you talked about creaminess in a cigar. You know, that was one of the ones that um, was the most kind of um, not obvious to me. It was. It, it took the m- most thought to really like learn what is a creamy character. You know, when 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 you're smoking a cigar. But what I've learned now that I spent a lot of time smoking Connecticut's. I have my favorite Connecticut's. I smoke Connecticut's uh, with great frequency now. And as I've uh, trained my palate to be able to pick up on some of those more nuanced and subtle flavor components, as I've gone back to the strong cigars, the Maduro cigars. I'm now picking up secondary and tertiary uh, flavor components in those darker cigars that I think I was missing previously. You know, you're only noticing the sweet and the chocolatey from that Maduro, but then you go back and like, oh, I I never noticed this had such a strong cinnamon, uh, uh, you know, note to it. Or, wow, you know, that, that really has that sweet cedar character. And all of a sudden, those more subtle characters, even in the stronger cigars, I, I was able to appreciate the complexities a lot better, and and so um, I I think that's what it is. You're training your palate, and you, you know you really have to learn to experience the whole spectrum of flavors that uh, premium tobacco can offer, and and I tough for for people that only smoke burros necessarily to get some of those nuanced flavors if they haven't challenged their palate to pick them up, you know, at at lower levels uh, through like Connecticut's and and some of the lighter. Sh- um, uh, sun-grown yeah. natural scars. It's interesting, like, uh, I don't know, kind of along those lines. I I personally feel like I can get more easily bored 
with monotonous Maduros than Connecticut's, which is kind of counterintuitive. Like you think all mm-hmm. there's they're mild, so they're all going to have the hay sort of hay and toast flavor. And then, but but, but when the when every Maduro is just dark, 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 that yeah. can be more monotonous and harder to actually find the the precise flavors than 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 a Connecticut. I can get more flavor out of a Connecticut. And then, yeah, and, well, yeah. we got the, and then you got the right in the middle, you know, with like your traditional Habano, right? And like, like that sort of like, that that sort of seems like where I end up finding myself a lot time, in that yeah. in that middle zone, because now I'm I'm sort of like picking up like sort of both of those sides of it. Um, but Randy, uh, I think that ultimately, uh, you know, that all of this gets down to the fact of like. There's there's all kinds of things that affect this, right? Not only is it just your palate, but then there's there's sort of like seasonal seasonal sure. issues as well. You you get into fall, you tend to drink a di- maybe a different beer than you drink in the middle of winter compared to the drink that a beer that you might have in the spring compared to the the summertime drink that you might have a Corona with lime. I think that you know there is definitely some of that with cigars as well, right? I mean we're we're your your palate just for whatever reason does follow the seasons somewhat. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, uh, again, I, I talk about the frequency that I smoke Connecticut's uh, with now. Um, you know, I make no beefs uh, about. Um, I, I, I I let everyone know how much I love uh, um, coffee. That I, I enjoy black coffee. I enjoy coffee with creamer. I enjoy espresso. Um, you, know, you know, there's there's a whole spectrum, and and it really. Certain ones have their time and place, you know. In the right. evenings, I'd rather have an espresso. In the mornings, I'm I'm leaning more towards the cappuccino, uh, coffee with cream, and that just um, is that morning. It's a little bit cooler usually. It's that morning, you know, attitude. And a Connecticut just um, fits so much better with that. And um, it actually reminds me of something as well. Oh. Randy! Now, whether Robbie Raz is here or off watching a bunch of grown men slap each other in the asses, you can count on Flavor Odyssey to take this pairing journey with you each Wednesday as we learn about flavor and pairing with cigars. And this show wouldn't be possible without Drew Estate, the number one premium cigar brand in existence, the makers of Acid. Factory Smokes, Herrera Esteli, Undercrown, and the incomparable Liga Pravada. Drew Estate not only has a cigar for every smoker and every occasion, they have the best cigars available. Please support everything Drew Estate does by following them on all social media platforms at Drew Estate. And ask for them at brick and mortar shops near you. One brick and mortar that you know you will always be able to find Drew Estate cigars in is Smokin. Smokin is responsible for sponsoring all the cigars smoked here on Flavor Odyssey. Don't miss a true cigar experience with their courteous and knowledgeable staff and over 600 of the world's finest brands to choose from within Florida's largest walk-in humidors. Buy any one of their 11 brick and mortar locations or visit them online at Smokin. Dot com. Randy, you actually use the term slapping asses. 
And that was. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Uh, that was often, amazing. You don't get me laughing out loud often in the reads. That, yeah, that was. <laughs> you got me. That was good. It was really, really good. Uh, it was really, yeah, really I just, good. I just, I, you know, if Rob comes back and listens. I want him to know he was he was here in spirit. Uh, we knew what what he was doing. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and yeah, what a what a what a grab ass sport. <laughs> <laughs> now, Randy, you mentioned Drew Estate, and uh, Drew mm. Drew Estate is giving away a Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Now, most people that don't know I, anything anything about crypto, they would say on. like. Ah, they're giving away a, a coin? Like, why would I care about a coin? That coin is worth, what, Scott, $40,000? dollars $42,000. So, like, you, you want to win. This, this, is no, this is a life-changing... Yeah. That's a life-changing giveaway, Randy. Do you know how many I, Ethereum I, you I, could buy with I, that? Are, are, are we sure? <laughs> you know how many Luna you could pick up Ooh. with one of them? <laughs> Don't oh, even get me started. So, so, so time out. I saw that on social. I've been meaning to reach out and talk to the powers that be over at Drew, Drew Estate. This has got to be one of those... One of those things that like sounds like one thing, but it's really another. It's just like, hey, two guys walk into a bar, right? And it's just like they're actually physically walking into a steel bar in the middle of the room. <laughs> like, like, is this, like, you know, we, we all have little Doge coins. Mine's still boxed up from the move, but uh, we physically have a Doge coin. It has zero value, um, but, but it's just a coin. It's not actually a Doge coin, it's not a crypto coin. Is, is is this going to be one of those things where they just like mail you? No, uh, <laughs> no. It's really happening here. This That's is this is really like happening. They're actually giving away. giving away a Bitcoin. And, and think about this: back in the day, case, a Bitcoin was worth literally nothing, like no. less than a penny. Right. And, and now here a single are. Bitcoin. That's what I was thinking. Did John Drew buy Bitcoins when they were pennies a piece? <laughs> Maybe. I've got like sure. 35. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's probably what That's the wildest thing. I, I, in, in what scenario? Uh, you, know, you know, I've seen I've seen Harley Davidson's given away. I've seen I've seen some big ticket items. Those are usually like uh, partially sponsored by the manufacturer and whatnot. There's no there's no co-sponsor to this giveaway. Like is is Drew Estate really giving away a forty two thousand dollar yes. prize? They are. So make sure to tune into their uh, make sure to tune into their um, their live events on Thursdays. I think there's four of them be- between now and February twenty second or something like that. And uh, you'll have a chance to win that. That's a life changing moment. Like Chad said, uh, you're giving away a Shiba, right? I'm going to give away a Shiba coin, one Shiba coin, which is worth, uh, let's see, I have six million Shiba coins. It might cost you a few more Shiba coins to send the Shiba coin. Uh, yeah. Than to, you know. I, Randy, I have six million Shiba coins. Yeah, I'm a millionaire in Shiba, and there's no doubt about it. So I will match, I will match Drew Estate's, I will match Drew Estate's Bitcoin with a Shiba coin, which is worth a fraction of a fraction of a penny, but hey, less than a fraction. <laughs> All right, let's get back to this pairing, Jordan. Um, I, I haven't talked to you lately, Jordan, about your pairing. Oh, talk about the uh, Hoya de Nicaragua numero uno, numero our cigar uno. of the year. Cigar of the year. Boom. Uh, you know the the cigar is in the lead here, which I like because this is a really good cigar. But there, you know, with bourbon, you can easily get too boozy and even i almost would 
You know, I'll drink bourbon with any cigar, but even with this cigar, I would be hesitant to just pair it with straight bourbon because you, you could almost override it with, with just that. Right. But the mint julep uh, is one of the more refreshing bourbon drinks that you're going to get. And so they actually have a pretty similar body. Uh, they're both, both of them are like, the cigars meet mild, medium body, but full flavored. And that kind of goes along with the, with the drink as well. Um, I always kind of thought that the cigar had a little bit of a citrus kind of notes right. going on, but it was more generic. Whereas now with the drink, the, the, the lemon from the mint julep is actually, you know, heavily influencing the cigar to where you're, I'm like, oh, this cigar is, this cigar has straight up lemon, sweet lemon flavors to it, which I, I wouldn't normally have gotten. Um, so, really? yeah, yeah, so it's, it, it's really the citrus. It's, to you yeah, it's not. It's not just intensified the citrus, but it's defined it as like no, this is like this is like sweet lemon, um, and that's kind of going along with the cigar. Also has uh, some kind of sweet cream, uh, nougaty kind of flavors. Uh, some toasted bread. It's going real nice so far. All right, I will jump in real quick and give an update on mine. I mean, I, I sort of feel a little bit bad because there's there's part of me that says Randy that this cigar pairs well with almost any drink, and this drink pairs well with almost any cigar. Do you know what I mean? Like, So I almost feel like I'm sort of like cheating or shortcutting the system a little bit by picking these two. But I did, I did pick it for a specific reason, and that was the salt uh, to bounce off that sweetness, and it's, it's very, very good. I, I can't say... Uh, for a fact that the cigar is elevating the drink or the drink is elevating the cigar. <laughs> but I can say that this is a fantastic pairing. Like if you just, if you were at a dinner party and you weren't sure like, Hey, like I know that I'm, I'm going to invite some guys over and some guys and gals and I want to have cigars and I want to have drinks, but I'm not really sure what to like, what they might all want. Like this seems sort of like a super safe pairing so part of me says like that that maybe that's not great for this show because it's just it's too obvious. But at the same time, if it's too obvious, it's too obvious. This is just a great pairing. Like the salt from the cigar mixed with the sweetness of the drink is is phenomenal. I can't I can't describe phenomenal. enough how good these two go together. But at the same time, I, I can't say to you, Randy, that one is making the other one better. It's just a solid I would say, I would say like this is just a very this is like a pair of Levi's that you've washed like three hundred times and they just fits perfectly on you. You put them on, it just feels so comfortable. <laughs> it's just too, it's almost too easy. So that's where I am right now, Randy. Where are you at in your pairing? So I'll tell you um, as I as I uh, kind of give a, a little nod to earlier. I'm getting a very different result than what I came in looking for. You know, um, I, I, I was very clear about what my expectation with this pairing was going to be. It was going to be this heavy chocolate with this mint um, character. And and I couldn't have been more wrong about how these two really? pair. Yeah, no, the, the, like I said, the sweetness from the cigar is ab absolutely muting the, the sweetness and in, in turn – uh, some of that like chocolatey uh, chocolate bar sweetness that I, I often get from this cigar, and um, I'm still I'm still working on my uh, my my new equipment, Jordan. I apologize uh, for my. Uh, yeah, my I'm making a note of this right now. I'm gonna. 
I'm just going to ream you after the show. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll go into my quarterly review, I'm sure. Um, but the uh, but 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 I'm pleasantly surprised. So so I'm 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 bummed that it didn't come out exactly how I thought it would. But I'm I'm also pleasantly surprised by what it is doing. So by by subduing that chocolatey sweetness, this cigar is coming across a lot more um, espresso notes, a lot more baking spice than I'm used to. Uh, tasty and it's almost like it's it's just taking that primary flavor that I'm used to it's muting that and allowing all those uh, secondary complexities uh, be kind of the dominant flavor that I'm getting from it it's also to my uh, to my uh, pleasure um, making the mint not seem as uh, as big you know it's funny you the way you describe the julep and obviously you have a lot more experience with it I'm I don't know if I'm just sensitive to the mint flavor. I remember we did, other than a mojito, I love mint and a mojito. And Robbie got us to do some cocktail that had it called for 28 leaves of mint. And it was it was just, uh, you know, like I was bathing in, in a peppermint field for some reason. It was just way too much. And I was afraid that this cocktail would also be over-the-top mint. Um, I think the chocolate and the mint are kind of balancing each other out. So they're just being removed from the equation somewhat. So I'm getting a lot more of the sweetness, a lot more of the mm -hmm. bourbon flavor than I w actually would have expected. Um, and and this cigar is so much more complex than just the si simplistic. It reminds me of a chocolatey Snickers, uh, which is how I've described the cigar many, many times in the past. Um, so totally unexpected flavor combinations that I'm getting. They uh, absolutely are benefiting each other. It's a great pairing. Um, I, I, I'm enjoying it very much, um, but it's nothing like I expected. Interesting. Hey, now, Randy, uh, before we give our final approval or disapproval of our own pairings and get the final vote, um, last time that we were on the show, uh, Flavor Odyssey with you, we talked a little bit about the future of the drink industry you're 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 hot and heavy into the drink industry beer and and whatnot and we talked a little bit about like these the upcoming things like like seltzers seem to have maybe peaked um you've, you've got like white claw and truly kind of sort of seem to be the only two that sell and you mentioned that a lot of you know grocery stores and liquor stores are like clearing out of all the other types of seltzers and we talked a little bit about these craft cocktails that you know, folks are making. Is there is there a mint julep craft cocktail that you can buy in a store? Talk about a little bit about the future of this whole idea of like craft uh, like cocktails in a in a can have been around a long time, but not craft cocktails right. in a can. They sucked. It's it's now that's different. Like what I just there's two different things. There's cocktails in a can, and then there's craft cocktails in a can. And that yep. seems to be maybe where things are going right now. Give us a little bit of update and explain to people what's going on in the industry. And is there a mint julep version that you can get? Because this is a great cocktail. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, as my first time um, drinking a mint julep, I'm, I'm becoming, I'm quickly becoming a fan of this. And, you know, comparing the recipes, you know, minus the, the lime juice, this is really kind of a bourbon mojito. Uh, exactly. You know, in, in, in some ways. Um, and again, without that, without the, the lime juice, I think the, the bourbon actually has a larger stage than the rum plays in the mojito. Um, but, but no, you, you, you bring up some great points and I'm, I'm, you know, neck deep in, um, in this conversation, 
uh, currently as uh, the brewery that I work for, we're, we're developing a, uh, a craft can cocktail line as we speak. And so I've been doing a lot of work and, and, and kind of research on what's going on in the industry. And, you know, what you find, you know, just starting with your point about, um, you know, having a cocktail in a can is not a novel idea. But um, what, what we used to see was were very, very um, sugar forward, very sweet cocktails, your fuzzy navels, your sex on the beaches. Um, they, they, they were you know, mass produce, there was no art, artisan characteristic. And over the last 10 to 15 years, we've seen a resurgence of cocktails in general in the bar scene, right? Like, you know, in, in days of old, when I was younger, when my father was drinking cocktails, you know, we had a lot of two ingredient cocktails, you know, it was, it was rum and Coke, it was, you know, Jack and Coke, it was gin and tonic. They were these very simplistic beverages that uh, really ended up being more a, of a alcohol delivery system than it was something that you really could appreciate the artisan um, inclusion of different ingredients, both exotic and local. Um, and, and we've seen that change as, as, uh, as craft cocktails have really um, taken a, 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 a surge in consumer preferences. To where, um, you know, the, the types of drinks we focus on on this show, you, you know, anywhere from, uh, you know, what one uh, you guys are going to find that as I do more research for work, we're going to see more of that bleed into Flavor Odyssey as, as, as I'm kind of researching more cocktails and and, um, and their popularity in general, you know, the uh, um, shoot, I'm drawing a, a blank on the whiskey lemonade, the um, whiskey sour, about, uh, no, oh. um, a odd. Oh, I drew a blank. That was a bad call on my part. Uh, but but, but uh, as, as we continue to dive into this, we're, we're going to see um, that, that we're getting more into cocktails, more into specific cocktails and the way they're put together. Um, but but just like I said, you know, exotic ingredients, local ingredients, again, to your point about, you know, the, the timing of the year that we, we tend to just organically sway towards darker beers during the winter and lighter beers during the summer is a, is a very, you know, kind of general way to um, give an analogy towards it. But we, we, we Randy, do that with, Randy, real quick, uh, just to interrupt you, is it, how does that how does that portray itself? How does that project itself as as far as cocktails go seasonally is what cocktails seasonally you know, do people drink like that's something that I'm not really that familiar with. Like, what do you drink in the summer cocktail wise versus what do you drink in the winter? Is it a uh, is it an old fashioned in the winter and is it a mojito in the summer? Or? Yes. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say you're unfamiliar with these seasonal uh, variances because you just drink bourbon all year long. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's really true. So, uh, so, so, yeah, you, you know, you look at the phenomenon behind the Moscow Mule a few years ago. That was a summer uh, drink. You know, you've got the ginger, you, you, you know, that's, that's so much brighter and lighter and more refreshing on a hot day. Where you know a glass of bourbon neat for um, for those of us that, that are less inspired by by the bourbon flavor, flavor than, than you are, um, you you know it, it just doesn't necessarily fit the occasion. And occasions are you know uh, I use that term a lot because it's a, a very industry term, but obviously it's it's pretty lame to understand that like when you're going over to a friend's house for the holidays, um, that is a more sophisticated. Uh, you, you know, you've dressed nice. You've put on, you, you know, your nice clothes. You're not showing up in flip flops and shorts. Um, you know, the occasion is a little bit more sophisticated. So, you know, we've talked before on the show, um, while just chatting about trends, about package formats. So the cork and cage 750 uh, ornate bottle, 
is is the more appropriate thing to show up uh, around the holidays for Thanksgiving dinner, for instance, rather than you're showing up for the, the pool party during the summer, maybe you're bringing a 12-pack a, a of Pabst Blue Ribbon. And so uh, so it's it, it's about what else you're doing. It's about the occasion. It's about the type of uh, theme that, that you have. And, and that's what's what's nice about the, the – um, the explosion of, of all these different beverages that we can choose from is that we can fine tune it a little bit more to what we're doing and and to fit um, the behavior that that we're exhibiting uh, a little bit better. So so you know, cheers to that as I try and cheers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice cover, <laughs> Randy. Would you would you be okay if I asked you a completely unfair question? Ooh, yeah, of course. I mean, this is totally unfair because I did not prepare you for this. So you have to, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to like do it on the fly. Like I'm asking you this for the first time on the show. So I, you, you, you go back a few years and like uh, Corona or let's let's say uh, Blue Moon with Orange was like the thing, right? And then there was a time when it was like Corona with Lime was the thing. Like everybody was doing, and then it was be- like IPA and double IPAs, and IPAs have been—they—they're uh, still super, super popular in the juicy IPAs and the hazy IPAs. And then you go into the seltzers, and everybody's like into the seltzers waters, and now they—they're st- starting to wane. And now we're getting into the um, craft cocktails in a can. But if Randy was a prognosticator and he could look past the cocktails in a can, what what would you think would be the next? frontier after those items honestly this is gonna sound um kind of odd to you guys but uh honestly the crystal ball that i'm looking into shows that there's gonna be a lot of growth in non-alcoholic beverages that uh, have flavor uh, attributes like cocktails um uh, you know if you look at the european market non-alcoholic uh beers are super super prevalent like every bar you go into has uh, an assortment of four or five different um, uh, non-alcoholics. Again, uh, you know, we, we we see that already coming here Boring. in America. <laughs> 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 totally, totally get that. But but wait till, till you see what what's coming. I mean, uh, hop water is something right. that ha- has exploded. And um, you, you know, well, well, you know, I I, I make the point. I'm, I was just about to go there, Barry. Um, well, I make the point all the time that. Uh, that these are, you know, there, there's always another cultural influence. You know, seltzers were influenced by keto, and now everybody's got high cholesterol, so they're getting off keto. <laughs> you know, and and uh, and and, and pe- people were, uh, you know, driving towards sweeter things when when hard sodas were were around. Um, so I, I think seltzers and keto carb counting is is definitely starting to to kind of trend back down. But um, you know neurotropics, CBD, um, uh, d- different uh, you know things. You know what what we see a ton of is um, uh, you guys know I'm a big Pedialyte guy. The Pedialyte type drinks 
uh, you know, heavy hydration, those are becoming uh, more and more popular. Noon, mm. liquid IV, you see more and more of these uh, types of drinks entering into people's lives where they're trying to, you know, at the very least check a box and feel like, well, I'm doing something healthy for my body by, by, uh, by you know, adding these things to as a supplement. And so uh, non-alcoholics are, are definitely on the rise. But but again, you know, I, I think uh, craft cocktails in a can are still relatively new. Right. Uh, more and more people are, are, are attracted to them at the bar setting when they go out. Uh, and, and it's still... You know, you guys knowing me, you you, you kind of got got a taste of of the craft cocktail thing. Really, it's still pretty early in that. But you know, Margarita is a is a leading style. Um, you know, uh, a brand called High Noon that does vodka sodas with different flavor uh, um, additions are becoming more and more of a thing. And then on, on the beer side of thing, again, I think that's finally becoming secular as um, as the hazy IPAs cast a much wider net because of the the um the lower bitterness all of a sudden more and more people became ipa drinkers but that's forcing people i think to lighter drinks again same thing we were talking about with the with the connecticut's people are appreciating those lighter more subdued flavors Mm. their palates are becoming more refined so they're picking up on on the on the doughiness on the breadiness on on certain elements of lighter beer styles where they're appreciating uh, a yellow beer uh, for more than just you know uh uh, thirst quenching and and ease of uh, of drinking so lighter styles um Across the board, again, you know, margaritas—they're very assertive in flavor because of the uh, the acidicness of lime. Um, but overall, if you're comparing it to you know dark rum drinks or bourbon drinks, they're much lighter and, and, and easier drinking than you know a, an old-fashioned would would be, for instance. Right. And so I think lighter lighter styles and non-alcoholics are. are um, over the next five years, going to continue to see a greater uh, resurgence where people don't need to be kicked in the face with flavor, the, the same way you described the Lajero kind of uh, trend in cigars. Well, I think we're going to see the same thing in liquid. I think that that uh, gets to the uh, sort of beer tour that you guys took us on in, in Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. We had the Flavor Odyssey beer tour, and the first place we went, uh, there was a slow pour seven-minute slow-pour Pilsner that maybe three years ago people would have just laughed at. But now we all went there. We had the slow-pour Pilsner. I laughed at it. And it was incredible. Like, it was it was a really, really cool experience, Randy. Like, that gets to your point, right? Absolutely. And, 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 and to that, it, it is a growing trend still. You know, we have salespeople on the East Coast that tell me when when beer drinkers hear the term Pilsner, what they think of is Miller Lite. You know, the Miller Lite uh, um, it markets itself as a Pilsner. And, you know, that's still the connotation for a lot of beer drinkers around the country of to say Pilsner. They assume you're uh, immediately that you're talking about some macro high adjunct, low flavor, just easy drinking, you know, beverage. Where, to your point, that German classic all-malt Pilsner was very flavorful, even though it was light um, and, and more nuanced. Um, again, I, I, I think as, as people you know, eat less TV dinners and eat more at gastropubs um, and, and, and experience more of a full-flavored experience throughout all of their palate uh, engagements, um, they're, they're, they're finding that there's these flavors that are very fun to to you know stumble across 
and uh, and and creates a more enjoyment is is say oh you know I, I I never noticed how doughy this pretzel was you know I the, even those pretzels that we had at that same place where the, where the pilsner was you know had had that heavy toasted character that everyone seemed to notice is because you, we were pairing it with the Pilsner that allowed for, uh, you know, something as subtle as doughiness or, 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 uh, or toast crust, uh, to, to really become a predominant flavor. All right, boys, uh, let's start. We'll all go Jordan and then me and then Randy. Let's give our final, um, sort of thumbs up, thumbs down and why we think that, uh, for this flavor pairing, Jordan, right. you have the uh, Hoya de Nicaragua Numero Hoya Uno Nicaragua. with the mint julep. Uh, Boom. Make your case. Cigar. We have nougat, browned butter, toasted bread, uh, s- generic citrus that became specific lemon with the drink. Uh, and then in the drink, we have a caramely lemon sweet caramely lemon concoction combine the two we have lemon meringue pie mm. delicious interesting uh the mint is kind of just you know you throw that on the top uh not i don't get too much mint out of the drink uh, usually a lot of times when i do the mint when i do the uh, mint julep i'll make the the simple syrup um with a, you know you'll i'll stew the the mint leaves in the mint simple syrup as it's boiling to give like a more of a more of a mint character but uh, this one we just did the the regular recipe. Um, the mint kind of has a bitterness that plays on the uh, Connecticut wrapper of the cigar. It's, it still works together well, but, but the, combine the two, it's that sweet lemon meringue pie flavor that gives a really good pairing. Now it sounds to me like Jordan, you're saying this is a thumbs up pairing. Boom! Thumbs this up. is one of the better ones I've I've done the whole stinking show. Yeah, right. Uh, very good. All right, I'll go next. Um, the Aladino uh, Corojo. Uh, from Honduras, it's, it's it's just a great cigar. Like I could seriously smoke the cigar every single day for the rest of my life, and I would be very very happy. The mint julep is one of my favorite drinks. I sort of feel like Randy. Um, this is like wearing my favorite shirt with my favorite pants. Like, yeah, I love them both, but does it make me look better? I I don't really know. Like I, I love this shirt. I love these pants, but I don't know if I look any better. It's a great, great pairing. I don't think either one of them elevate the other just because it's, it's a, a bit of a safe pairing for me. It's salty. It's sweet. That's an incredible combination in my mind. Um, I don't know that I made either one of them better, but I love this pairing. So obviously I'm going thumbs up. But um, I'm not going to say that I, I reinvented the wheel because I certainly did not. Uh, to me, this was a bit of a safe pairing. But, guys, if you're going to have a dinner party with some friends and you're not sure what to do, a mint julep with an Aladino would be a fantastic pairing. Two thumbs up from me. Fan- absolutely fantastic. Randy, what about your Laranja Escura? So I, I was a little bit uh, crossed up. You know, you make the point that we're, we're, we're not going to oversell sell these just for votes. <clears throat> Vote for me. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> it, well, again, I, I'm, I'm astounded that it's such a different experience than I expected. I'm loving this pairing. I think that I, the cigars elevating the beer, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the cocktail. Um, the, the cigar is Too still, many cocktails. Hello. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the cigar is still exceptional. It's, it's really interesting to have those 
uh, flavors that I would consider primary in this cigar be so muted. Um, but but I also think that it's um, made the mint more uh, palatable out, out of the cocktail. It's made the, the sweetness more neutral, so I don't feel like either component are overly sweet. And um, and again, I think I think what what the cigar is doing is is forcing the drink to taste more like the bourbon, which I, I went ahead and you know Robbie mentioned that uh, barrel bourbon the other day, and I kept thinking about it, so I went and I bought another bottle. And so this is the barrel bourbon. It's an exceptional one of my favorite bourbons I've ever had. Uh, that Eric introduced me to, um, and and I. I feel like it's kind of the the prominent flavor component is that bourbon and everything else is just the accoutrement uh, to the bourbon. And so it's, it's really, you know, if you like bourbon, this is an exceptional pairing because it's really allowing the bourbon to be, uh, you know, you know, taking center stage over all these other flavors. And there's so much going on. I, I feel like it really keeps you intrigued. You know, you know, you, you pick up notes of the, of the, of the mint here and there you pick up spices from the cigar here and there and it kind of keeps um every every time you take a draw and a drink you're kind of looking for for different um different high points and 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 things for to shade away so i think it it, it lends to a really complex and interesting pairing that uh, that keeps you paying attention you know so often you can just like be drinking and smoking and you're not really even noticing either this absolutely has the cigar and the and the drink, um, you know, interacting on the palate in a way that, that really keeps it's keeping me intrigued. Uh, so this is a major thumbs up for me. And um, and again, I, I think it allows the bourbon to, to be kind of the centerpiece to uh, a, a beautiful arrangement. Now, wow, that's amazing, Jordan, because sorry to interrupt you, Jordan, uh, but okay. uh, Jordan went for the citrus combination with the drink. And it was perfect. perfect. I went for the salty and sweet combination, <laughs> which I loved. And Randy went for the chocolate wow. and the mint combination. They all worked. With he loved. So that's that's what I was wow. saying at the very beginning of the show when we very first started the show is we we approached this all three of us from three totally different perspectives, right. and and they all sort of worked. Jordan. Well, it's interesting because the mint julep used to be my favorite uh, sort of bourbon cocktail my go-to and then i switched over to the whiskey sour because it had a better texture they're almost the same drink uh they both are just bourbon and lemon uh but the the whiskey sour has that thick texture to it but that drink wants to dominate you know everything you pair it with and the mint julep i feel like you could pair this with a lot more things than the whiskey sour mm. why is that just because it's a little less because the because of the texture mostly right. um, they're almost they're almost the same the the mint julep is heavier on the sweetness lighter on the lemon whiskey sour is just, is more is more lemon and thick um, but the the mint julep is just more refreshing it's, Randy said it earlier it's more like the like the mojito of the bourbon world right um, but I feel like earlier we talked about Bill Powers and we had to check back in with him mm-hmm. he says both. Uh, Mint Juleps are working with the Nika Rustica. I think he's doing. The Bitters win adds another dimension to All the right. pairing. The, so, so Bill Powers from upstate New York says a little bit of bitters is the way to go with the Mint Julep. I, Matt is looking at me with like laser eyes as if he knew that that was the answer. 
And so, uh, Jordan, what does the audience think? Who won this challenge? Uh, was it you? Was it Randy? It was me. it me? All right. Here we go. In last place is me. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I feel like I, I had the best pairing, but, you know, I just, you know, I'm... I'm subdued on the show. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not boisterous like Randy. I just kind of play it down. And so people are like, yeah, who, I don't even know. Is that guy really even on the show? Why is this, why, I, why would I vote for him? So, Come so, on, people, vote for Jordan. So I got 23%. Then. That's pretty good. 23%. That's, that's not bad. Uh, but, you know, I had yeah, the best pairing. a so third of the vote. You would yeah. think. Um, then we're going to skip to the winner, as we do. Randy. 45%. Wow, Randy, good job. Sensei, 32%. Yeah, I, I think that was a good... Uh, I, Randy, I think that was a good uh, thought on your part to go with the chocolate component with the mint. Now, I don't know how many people realize that a mint julep isn't really that minty, but even still, I think that was a, that was a good move on your part. Seems like that was the, uh, the winning combination was the chocolate and the mint, Randy. Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I think um, I, you know it, it wouldn't <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if my description uh, helped went over. There's uh, all my guys. The folks be <laughs> <laughs> uh, because again, you you know it 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 brought out more complexity from the cigar. So so it it actually you, you could even argue probably improved the cigar because of the, that depth of complexity. And, and obviously, you know, we, we know our audience is pretty bourbon uh, focused in general. So as soon as I said that it allows the bourbon to take center say, stage, uh, not surprising that, that people might have been won over by that. Um, but, but, yeah, no, I, I think uh, it's a little bit of a more contrasting um, characteristic where you're, where, where, you're, uh, where you're going with the big rich versus um, right. and in, right. in the bourbon world. It's a pretty refreshing cocktail. Um, so I, I'm excited to, to take home the win. Uh, as we know, I don't get a, I don't get allowed to have a lot of wins here on Cigar Dojo. And, uh, <laughs> uh, Randy for Hall it's of Fame, 2022. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, no, I, th that's exciting. I'm I, I'm I'm thrilled about this because I'm definitely going to go back to this pairing. I'm going to uh, incorporate mint julep in, into more of a, a regular uh, rotation for me as as a, a novice coming into this. I did want to point out, I finally remembered it was Lynchburg lemonade that I was thinking of earlier. That uh, Nobody that, cares yeah, anymore. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. But you're going to see a Lynchburg lemonade <laughs> at some point on this show. I can guarantee you that. But uh, but that's fantastic. No, and, and honestly, you know, to start the show, I, I was pretty certain that you were going to be um, walking away with the trophy and all of us even voting for yours. So I think it is fun that, uh, that, that we all really liked our own pairings uh, enough. And I think it's really interesting with Jordan's as well, because I think so much about pairing with that cigar because of the kind of aha moment we all had when we paired it with the Chardonnay in season right. three. Right. And, and, and how much we all just gushed over that pairing. We're surprised by that pairing. And to think how different a mint julep is from Chardonnay, mm. from a texture standpoint, from an intensity standpoint, it's wildly different. So, so to hear Jordan have such a great experience with, uh, you know, a, a completely different beverage um, that, uh, you know, I, I know Jordan was a fan of the Chardonnay and, and, and Uno um, along with us last season. And so uh, I, I think this is very informative. Yeah, I, I think I've Randy kind of what it gets down to, Randy, is 
I think that you know what the audience is maybe experiencing here with Jordan and myself and you is all of these are good pairings, no doubt. But what pairing was the one that sort of elevated the other two, and maybe yours was the one that seemed to elevate the the cigar and the drink. Mine was just like I said. I I I, I think I described it pretty well with like your favorite pair of pants with your favorite shirt. Like it's just good. It's just good. It's great. Like uh, you can't go wrong with it. It's perfect for 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 a dinner party. But I don't know if it's going to elevate either one of them. Hey, Randy, we got lots of stuff going on on the dojo. Yes. Um, yes. We just announced uh, yesterday the Reviver is coming back, ladies and gentlemen. The Agonors no! Leaf Reviver. We're super excited about it. We've been wanting to bring the cigar back for a long time. Uh, it will go on sale not this Friday, uh, but the next Friday, which is October 8th. Now, here's the thing, guys. The Reviver is one of those cigars that people the first time around that didn't uh, buy enough of them were very disappointed that they didn't get enough of them because it is a fantastic cigar it is one of my favorite cigar uh collaborations that we've ever done uh we've had we 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 did update the packaging and the branding somewhat but the cigar itself is identical to the 2018 version it is it's cinnamon it's brown sugar it is all of those types of flavors that you love from Agonorsa Leaf Tobacco all wrapped up into one. And here's the thing. It'll go on sale of Atlantic Cigars at noon on October 8th. It'll, it's normally $110 for a box of 10, but that's discounted to uh, $99 for a week. But for Dojo members, for one week, It'll be 89 bucks, so make sure to get it Friday. you got to snag these Friday. And I'm telling you, if you like this, if you like Aganorsa Leaf Tobacco, this is the epitome. When we very first made the cigar, Jordan, uh, if you remember, we told I Terrence, remember. we said, we want the, the essence of Aganorsa Leaf. We want, that's the flavor component we want. Terrence was like, what cigar do you want? We said, we want the essence of Agonorsa Leaf. We want everything that makes Agonorsa Leaf so good all into one cigar. And he was like, isn't that going to be like eating a stick of butter? Like it's just too good? And we said, we don't care. <laughs> I don't care that it's just one stick of butter. Like I want to eat a stick of butter. And that's what this cigar is, right, Jordan? It's cabinet spice. It's oh. cinnamon. It's brown it's sugar. Like a sh- it's like a raw sugar cane. And so oh. like... Folks, I, I I can't stress enough. There's 500 boxes of these available. They're gonna go super fast, so make sure to be prepared. This, this one's in my top two dojo releases uh, of all time. I, I was just I was just about to hit you up for that, Jordan. Uh, Jordan and I have had some fun conversations, uh, just playfully ranking uh, the collaborations. Now, don't get me wrong. Every cigar dojo collaboration has been a home run. They really have, and it's. Obviously, I sit in the seat. It's easy for me to say that, but I, I mean it with, from the bottom of my heart. This cigar, you know, as, as we go through and rank them, the, the hardest ones to rank are one through three. Yeah, right, um, but, right, right, right. But, you know, it's just like it's 1A, 1B, 1C. You know, it's so hard hard to re- really put one over the other. Um, for me, everybody I've ever talked to has a re- Reviver in those top three. Um, you know, maybe they have a preference for one over another and, and they've got Reviver as two or three, but nobody has it past those top three. I mean, it is 
such a great cigar. And I got to say, you know, as, as memory serves me, you know, you guys had had a relationship with Terrence from his previous uh, uh, position uh, with another manufacturer. And, and you guys actually launched this very early in his career yeah, with yeah. Agnorsa. And, uh, and and I think it, it, the Reviver was one of the reasons that the dojo community, at least, you know, put Agnorsa Leaf on their radar as early as we did. And we've seen, the, you know, the, the evolution since uh, – uh, Terrence has been there and running their sales and marketing and, and driving towards uh, certain components and certain elements of, of their brand. But this cigar, man, I, you, you nailed it. They, they, they do two things extremely well. You know, they, they lean heavily into Esteli. They lean heavily into Jalapa. And this cigar has so much of that sweet Jalapa, uh, uh, volcanic, sweet Corojo uh, character. It is one of my favorite cigars I've ever smoked my whole life. Um, I'm, I'm going to be taking a, a very small loan out uh, from, from the bank uh, ahead of the eight, so I, I can make sure that um, I'm well stocked for the years ahead um, because I love this cigar. I'm super excited uh, that you guys announced that this is coming back. All right, and uh, we will not have a uh, Smoke Night Live Friday because Jordan and I are going to Estes Park for a wedding. We're going to be throwing axes! Uh, <laughs> Jordan's cousin is getting married. That's uh, my niece. <laughs> And so we'll be up in Estes Park for a wedding the whole entire weekend, having a good time and whatnot. Then um, Wednesday, a week from tonight, Randy, what do we got? We are coming back with the Beggar's Banquet. And uh, again, you know, you know, not, not only do we want to come up with good, fun pairings that we can all learn from, um, but also, um, you know, introduce people to maybe some uh, pairings, maybe some cigars, maybe some cocktails that they're not used to. And, uh, and so when, um, when Robbie first saw the, the beggars banquet, uh, he, he fought hard to have this. Um, it is, you know, dubbed the shandy of, um, of bourbon cocktails. It, it uh, calls for bourbon, maple syrup, lemon juice and five ounces of a lager Ooh, so this whoa. is a, a, a beer and bourbon cocktail and uh, obviously with the you know, you know the theme of our show and you know me being in the beer industry and uh, us being fairly beer heavy uh, at, at times I love the the addition of maple syrup obviously you know we talk so much about different sugars that, that, that can be used in cocktails and uh, you know anywhere from agave and honey uh, to, to you know, table sugar. This is the first time we're, uh, that I can think of that we've introduced maple syrup into a cocktail. Yeah. And I'm really excited about the the depth and, and richness uh, of sugar that that's going to bring to to the table. So, so the uh, um, the banquet implies you should be using Coors. I'm assuming. Uh, I, I I think so. Yeah, yeah. This was this is a, a Colorado based. Uh, it, 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 it literally, it has a Colorado origin. And so, uh, so yes, banquet is a reference to, uh, to, to the, to the golden package from Colorado. Now you guys can get the, um, you can get the recipe at the, on the flavor odyssey group on dojoverse.com. So right. be ready for next Wednesday. Um, the week after that, uh, Casey from crux will be actually in studio. Jordan oh. Casey from crux will be in what? studio. We tried to have him, uh, last year and then you got uh, coronavirus. Yeah, I did. I got coronavirus. Uh, then uh, a couple weeks after that, Michael Herklotz will be on the show. So we've got a bunch of stuff coming up. If you want to make sure that you have the right pairings 
for Flavor Odyssey every Wednesday. Make sure to join the group, the Flavor Odyssey group on Dojoverse.com, because the pairings are listed on there already. Uh, Randy, take us out, my friend. Uh, yeah, thank you guys again for everything. We look forward to next week when Robbie Raz returns as we get into the hot toddy, uh, which will be, my again, uh, a first for me. I've never had a hot toddy. Excited about uh, a warm cocktail. Uh, so we look forward to having you guys there. Um, thank you for everything. We enjoyed this uh, episode of Flavor Odyssey, and we will catch you next week. All right. Thank you.